Hello. Hello and when welcome. Oh, Marco. All oh. right. Okay. All right. Hello okay. and welcome to the Level Cap Podcast. All, All right. right. Here we go. Okay. One, two, three. Hello, Hello and welcome, welcome to, to the, the Level, Level Cap, Cap Podcast. Podcast. Uh, that's, that's pretty bad. It's because of the time delay. We can't sync up. We can't sync up, but we can talk about all things Level 99 games, news, the only, pipeline. The only real solution is we gotta, we have to do a live show together. Ooh. Okay, so who goes where? Do I go there or you go here? Um, well, whichever. It's all the same. All right. Or otherwise. Welcome back, Brad. Or otherwise. Yeah, thanks. It's good to be back. Although I didn't really leave this time like I have in previous times. No, I mean, like, I welcome back. Here. Welcome back to the this podcast that we do on a weekly basis. I mean, like. Yeah, but there hasn't been, like, a break. I was here last week, too. Okay, you know? yeah. But, okay, technically the break is the six days between the last time we recorded. Yeah, but what if you're listening to this, like, you know, later in the future? Then you just listen to all the episodes back to back. Oh, and that's it's true. Like I never left. Okay. Um. So n- fine. Then you're not welcome back. Yeah. Thanks, Marco. <laughs> welcome back. Oh, geez. Oh. Okay. No. Uh. So how are you? How are you on this fine New Mexico morning? I assume it's still morning over there. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh. It's it's morning over here. Just uh, a sleepy Friday morning. Uh. Didn't sleep too well, so I'm kind of like. But oh. I'm doing fine, and um. Yeah, yeah. How about yourself? Uh, in line of bad sleeping habits, I woke up at 5 a.m. today, and I slept at like 12 a.m. last time. So I had five oh, no. hours of sleep, uh, and then I worked a full shift, and then I'm still awake until now, and I've been awake for more than so 12 plus. Oh, I've been mo- oh, okay. Uh, I've I've been awake for nearly 16 hours. So. It's it's okay, Brad. We're gonna work through this. I might not be optimal, Marco. You might not be optimal, Brad. But together, we will be a semi-optimal being. I guess. I guess we can we can make it that far at least. I can promise si- semi-optimalness. Uh, sure. How about this? How about <laughs> this, Brad? How about this? We guarantee you, the listener, that by the end of this podcast, Brad and I will have created a podcast. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. If you're listening to this, we can hardly break such a promise. Yeah, indeed. So, Brad. All right. Tell me. Well, I, I want to know something uh, deep within your soul that will pry into the very being that is at your core. Okay? Okay. Go Ta- ahead. Tell me, what have you been doing? Welcome to What Have You Been Doing, our new segment. Uh, that's all. About the other- what, have, what have you been doing? Yeah. What have you been doing this week, Brad? Well, um, I've been watching a lot of anime this week. Oh. Um, yeah, I've been watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh no. Um, for various reasons. Please list them down. Please list down these various reasons. I can't uh, I can't talk about the various reasons at this time. Oh no. If you told me, would you have to kill me? Is is it one of those things? No. No, it's not one of those things. I just don't want to talk about anything before it happens, so we're not talking about it. Hmm, does it have to involve a certain fighting card game system? No no comments, no comments, Marco. Stop prying into my soul. 
That was the. I literally warned you at the start. Okay, so JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. How is it? Uh, where did you start? Did you start at the very start? The one with the. Um, I did, and then I decided um, after like after about ten episodes of the first part, uh, or I got into part two about ten episodes in, I was like, I need to watch Stardust Crusaders because that's what everyone knows. So I went ahead and zoomed ahead to Stardust Crusaders, and I'm now almost through the uh, the second half of that. So um, I just got through the Alessi episodes. So I've got probably about ten episodes left in this uh, in the series. Oh, in that. But part. I'm enjoying it so far. Yeah. Oh, really? So, um, what do you like about JoJo? <laughs> um, I like the I like that how weird all the fights are. Like every every enemy they encounter is kind of a different sort of puzzle they have to fight. Like it's very little of the like, you know, like you 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 expect shonen anime to be like Naruto where. You know, Naruto gets around, you know, through some kind of force and punches a bad guy in the face, and uh, and then he wins. And JoJo's kind of like that, except it's like the fights are a lot more puzzly. Like there's one enemy that magnetizes them, and they have to spend the whole episode going around figuring out how to deal with this magnetism so they can catch her. There's another enemy that, um, for example, just has a comic that can. Well, that that episode they defeat him by accident, so it's more kind of a comedy episode but there's um there's characters where like they'll their their like their stand their their persona basically is yes. the entire um is like the entire room that they're in yep yep and yep. so they have to they have to figure out how to fight against the very environment yeah uh, lots of crazy stuff um and it's pretty cool yeah i love the part about jojo also persona um, I think I think it was explicitly stated that the persona was inspired by JoJo, so there's that. I imagine it would have to be, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the, and then I think like they even use the tarot cards, so yeah, they even use the tarot cards, right? Like star platinum and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. In in some of the later parts, um, specifically Diamond is Unbreakable, because because as you go through the parts, it goes closer and closer to modern day Japan, so. Mm-hmm. At some point, like in Diamond is Unbreakable, you have stands that can like interact with technology or like do electricity. I think like there was a stand wherein they had to figure out a way to kill a stand that is pseudo immortal or something like uh-huh. that. Because like the stand, like whenever it's about to die, it can like like transfer its body into a different place. So they kind of have to catch him when he transfers to the different place, or else he'll just keep bouncing back between two places. And uh, they'll never uh-huh. catch him or something like that. So they have to figure out that. Yeah, yeah. I think those, those kind of things are cool. It it does make for um, and it makes for for interesting fights. But the fights are more, you know, more puzzly, uh, which is kind of cool. It makes it so that it's not just like beat up the other guy and win, uh, it, like Dragon Ball Z style. It's not. It's not all about who's more powerful. Um, people people have you know power in context, and the bad guys try to trap the heroes. Um, and in that sense, it's very. Uh, it's it's a it's a it's an interesting show. I'd say it's worth the watch. Yeah, yeah, I would say it too. Yeah, we need a uh, JoJo character. Oh wait, we already have one. No, do we? Yeah, it's called Magdalena. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess Magdalena is kind of a a JoJo character. That's true, right? Um, or Alumis, I guess. She even she even stands around for uh for like ten turns talking about what her actual power is before she uses it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um. So, anything else? Have you been doing anything else, or is that it? Um. That's the main thing. I'm still listening to more audiobooks. Um. 
but Stormlight Archive is like 150 hours long if across three books, so I'm not going to be done with that anytime soon. Um, and you know, and then just working on a lot of different things. So yeah, yeah, that's good to know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, how about yourself, Marco? What have you been up to? Huh. Well, um, two interesting things. I have recently downloaded um, a new set of podcasts. This time, not D and D related. So congratulate me. Um, what do you call this? Well, congrats. Uh, thanks. Uh, it's a it's a podcast called Story Break or Break the Story, wherein like Freddie Wong and a bunch of other Hollywood screenwriters and stuff. They take a concept that's suggested by the audience and they try to make a movie slash TV show pilot about it. So like uh-huh. one time they did. So it's like, like our our um, our our own segment. Yes, but they are actually industry professionals. Uh huh. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So they tried to make a Legend of Zelda movie, and then they were like, you know, they explained why they thought fan movies of Legend of Zelda weren't as good as they expected them to be because it's like you know why why did you keep link silent protagonist or you know you can't just have link be an adult man running around the place and killing monsters it's not an interesting story it looks cool but it's not an interesting story so that's cool um and then there's another podcast called ultimate showdown wherein you remember that (laughs) you remember that video from new new grounds like 10 years ago called the ultimate showdown I think it was like twenty years ago, but yeah. Oh, geez, it's twenty years ago. It was a while. Oh, I mean, it was back. In, it was back when they had new grounds. New grounds still exists, though. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, it's back when they had new grounds instead of like Steam or YouTube. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. So, so they, they, that's basically the concept of their entire podcast. So they they make a tournament bracket, a sixteen person tournament bracket. And they take genres or, like, concepts, and then that's what determines what fills the bracket. So, like, in their mm-hmm. first uh, in their first tournament, they're, they're doing action heroes. And then they basically spend the time arguing about who would win in a fight, this person or this person. And then they have a third person who judges, who debates the best, and then that's the character that moves on in the bracket. Oh, okay. I see. And they do this whole bracket in one episode? Oh, I think they spread it a bit because it's like I don't think you can do a sixteen-man bracket in one episode. So they they, sp- okay. they spread the tournament a bit over a few episodes, but it's pretty oh, fun. It's pretty cool though. Yeah, yeah, check that out. Yeah, it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. Okay, so that's mainly what I've been doing. Um, in my downtime, I've been playing a game called Uncivil War on my mobile phone. Um, <clears throat> it's very interesting because it base you know you know the card game War, right? Yeah, yeah. Everyone knows War. Um. So, the, so they did a few innovations to it. Uh, they gave the cards uh, abilities, like in Hearthstone, like battle cries and stuff like that. Yeah. And then they okay. introduced deck building into war. Okay. Are there actual decisions to make in this war? Um. Yes. Do you have a hand or something now? You have a hand of three. Traditional war, you don't have a hand. You have a hand of three. Okay. So cool. every turn... Uh, so basically it's like this, like... A coin gets flipped, and it's decided who has priority. The person with priority must now play a card in their hand, and then the other person gets to respond. Okay. And then, um, what do you call this? During your turn, if you have... Um, during your turn, when you have to place a card, you can also mulligan one of your cards for another card in your deck. Um, <clears throat> what, what other decisions do you have to make? Oh, and 
the the pointing system is when you win a game of war it matters the value of the card that you beat matters so okay. if your opponent put down a five and then you put down a six you gain five points mm-hmm. so um okay. it's a very if in- your opponent put down a five and you put down a king you still get five points I'm pr- it's the card you beat that matters. Yeah, it's the card you beat that matters, right? Oh, okay. So so mm-hmm. there's some interesting decisions you have to make. Like, for example, um, if it's your priority and you have to put down a card, you usually either want to put down an ace, which is the strongest card, right? Or you put down a two, so that if they beat your two, they don't get a lot of points for it. Yeah, but even if, if your opponent has a bunch of high cards and you put down like a five, they may want to lose rather than spend a good card just to get five points. Yeah, exactly, right? So it's this really yeah. cool and interesting dynamic. And then there's also card powers on top of that, right? Mm-hmm. So, for example, okay. like you can upgrade your three. <laughs> so there's a there, <laughs> you can upgrade your three and then... Um, now reads this always wins against common cards so mm-hmm. if your opponent plays a common ace you can play that yeah. three and the three will beat the ace so huh okay <laughs> this, that sounds interesting i have to look that up called uncivil war uncivil war it's it's okay. pretty fun it's pretty fun the deck building element is really interesting and um i haven't unlocked a lot of the cards yet but it seems really interesting there's i've seen at least like two deck archetypes that you can do so there's that hmm Okay. Well, um, I do have some uh, some news and stuff for um, just some quick announcements to throw in before we move on to our next segment. Oh, um, can this yeah. be a new segment? Can this be a News 9-9? It's not really a News 9-9 segment. I just wanted to let everyone know that um, for BattleCon Online that we've pushed back our latest uh, build by one week. So version 11 will not come out on this Tuesday, it'll come out on next Tuesday. Um, although, if you're listening to this podcast, it'll be next Tuesday. Um, yes. Let me just put, like, say a calendar date in order to make things easy. It will be f- February... Um, let's see. Six? It will be February 6th when the next uh, update hits. And that will introduce um, a new character and will introduce uh, some new uh, other new mechanics like the store. And we're hoping to get daily quests slotted in by that point. Awesome. Can you spoil who the new character is? Yeah, yeah. Um, the new character is Cesar. So we'll be adding a, a third heavyweight character to the roster, which is nice. Yay! Uh, but yeah, and so Cesar will be playable next week. I'm looking forward to it. Oh man, I've listened to his theme. His theme is so good. Pretty oh. cool, right? Yeah, I was like, you know, at the start, I was like, oh, this theme's okay. You know, so it's like ding-dong bells and mechanical sounds. I was like, okay, it's, it's Cesar, right? And yep. then it slowly ramps up, and at around the three-minute mark, it explodes in intensity. And then at around three minute forty seconds, it dies down. And I'm like, I I see what you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's nice to have someone who's who's played a lot of the games writing the music for the series. Um, speaking of music, you can also listen to the OST on YouTube now. Yeah, so check that out. Yeah, we uploaded it. Uh, I'll put the link in the description of this podcast. Uh, Listen to it. Some of the greatest tracks I've ever heard. My favorites are Magdalena's theme and Kimbe's theme. They're both club bangers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's so funny about club bangers? Uh, it's just it's just not a, a term I would I would have thought of myself. That's all. Um, oh my gosh. Anyway. Anyway. 
Uh, are you ready to move on to our next segment, Brad? Our wonderful, wonderful pipeline, where Brad talks about development. But don't worry, listeners. It's not going to be pipelines all the time. Right, Brad? Yeah, we, we will be getting back to some character of the week and other lore type stuff uh, next week. So don't worry too much about that. Uh, okay, so what yeah. are you talking about this week, Brad? Tell me, what awesome aspect of development does Brad Dalton want to talk about today? Uh, well, I think um, today I'd like to talk a little bit about version control. And when, when, when designing a game, what, uh, what version are you on? What version are you moving towards? Um, how do you get between here and there? And how do we do it in our office? when moving between versions. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let's, uh, let's, let me start with some, some ground rules. Um, in, in version control, you typically have uh, three, you have different levels of versioning. Your top level is your major release, right? So the one that goes to print is V1.0. Yeah. Everything before that is V is like zero point something. Okay. All right. And those are called, um, so, so you've got your major versions, and then your minor versions, and then your your or your minor version is the number after. So, for example, on BattleCon Online, we're on v zero point ten. So that means that the uh, the major version is is zero, and so it's still pre-release. And then minor version ten means it's our tenth release inside the uh, you know tenth our tenth public release inside the pre-release. I see, I see. And okay. then, yeah. And then beyond that, you can often go one version deeper for internal releases. So things that you're testing, but that are not going to, you know, that are not, uh, that are just, that you're just trying within the company. They're not going to release to the public. And then um, if you want to go even further, then it can just be actual builds. And usually in a, um, in a programming, like the fourth number in your version is the build number. So if it takes me like 300 builds to get this thing right, then or I have to do 300 compiles, then I do all those. And they're numbered the fourth number there. Oh um, my gosh. Question. So we don't usually go that deep on things. Okay, we I was about go to go to the third number. I was about to ask, I was like, do you even like count at this point? Because I'm pretty sure that Cameron does not count that last Cameron, number. Cam- well, the usually last number is handled by your compiler automatically. So Cameron will, uh, will handle that. But... Um, Anyway, but video games, you can read a lot about versioning in video games. I want to talk a little bit about version control in board games. Okay. So um, so currently, uh, so when, 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 when do you call it a version? Um, so for, for me, a major version, or at least a, a release version, is the version that um, is when I write a new rulebook. So each time that the rulebook receives a major update, or that I print out a new rule book, or you know, write a new rule sheet. That's what I would consider a major version. So when I say that we're on seventh cross, like version thirty-five, it's because I've written thirty-five major rule book revisions oh, throughout the development of the game. Um, yeah, but keeping, but that's the. I'll talk more about more about like the uh, some of the benefits of versioning a little later on. Um, so my current version is actually zero point thirty-five point three. Um, and we're calling this version Release Candidate 1 because most of the... I don't believe there'll be a version 0.36. I think it's going to be, you know, 3.5.5 or something, and that'll go to release because I'm not doing any more major rulebook revisions. Oh, you think it's game. solid? You think it's solid? I, I understand. The the workflow of the game, the major skills in the game, is all locked into place. That won't change anymore at this point forward. 
oh. we're doing, you know, we might do a few minor tweaks to the combat system and the way that cards move and the way that you get some cards, stuff like that. But for the most part, the game is frozen uh, mechanically. Okay. So, okay. Um, so anyway, so yesterday, playtesting, we were on 35.2. We discovered a few problems with the, uh, you know, with our combat uh, flow. Um, and it like it worked really well at small player counts, but at, at larger player counts, it starts to get a little bit tedious. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to, um, you know, to do to try a couple different changes. So um, I'm at like 35.2.x. I don't usually track that fourth number. Okay. Um, what, what's a build? I'm, wait, what's a build in board games? <laughs> like, how do you compile I, a board game? Well, I print out some cards and I test it. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Fine. Take out the take but out I the do, fun in my joke. But I do write. I do write. You know the version on these cards so that I know what they are if I hold them on them later. And so, like with Millennium Blades, when we did Millennium Blades, we had a bunch of prototype cards, and I could look at those cards. I could tell you what they, you know, what different version they were from. We didn't put all our version numbers on Millennium Blades, unfortunately. Like controls weren't as strict back then, but. <clears throat> That's uh, that's how we tracked all those different versions, and I try to save the prototype cards because, uh, again, with this game, like with Millennium Blades, I want to give them out as part of our uh, like a signed prototype card, as part of our pledge levels. Oh yeah, because because I remember when I got my copy of Millennium Blades, I also got one of your signed cards, so I now have your signature, and I can use it to create forgeries of documents. Hey, don't don't suggest that, Marco. <laughs> I mean, everyone knew that, but you didn't have to say it out loud. Oh, I'm sorry. I can delete it off the podcast if you want. Yeah, uh, no, it's it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Just don't, try not to give people any any uh, heinous ideas. Quick, use the signatures to convince people that Brad is a good person, certified good person, Brad Dowling Jr. All right. Anyway, anyway, uh, going for it. So version control. Uh, you do your versions. It's really nice if when you have when you have a bunch of versions because you can record all the changes that you've made throughout the game's life. You can look back and say, "Oh, well, this worked. This didn't work. Here's why. Here's why not." Um, and you avoid running in circles with your game design. So, um, but also, I would say make sure that you are actually writing the rulebook. Writing the rulebook is the most important step. It's the game designer's entire job, and. Um, if you do nothing else when you do a big prototype, make sure that you have a complete rulebook. Hmm. So, anyway, so that's pretty much all I have to say for you know pipeline development type of stuff today. Is control your versions, make sure you're maintaining your rulebook, and make sure that you're keeping your versions separate so you know what major changes you're making to a game. And between each version, between each major version, you do write down a change log so that you can say like. These are the problems we encountered. Here's how we intend to fix it in the next version, and here's what's changed between the two versions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have a clear a clear map of why you did what you did and why you did it, and that'll help going forward as a game's development runs longer. You'll remember why, because a lot of our playtesters are like, "Yeah, I really like that version where we did so and so," and you can look back and you can say, "Well, maybe you forgot why we cha- why we took that out, why we changed that." <laughs> Um, what problems that it introduced that were, you know, that were in, uh, you know, intractable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So can I ask you a few questions before we move on to our next segment? Because I, I, yeah, sure. I feel like this topic is really interesting. So you said that we have like three numbers, right? Mm-hmm. Well, four. Um, so yeah. when you say major release, like, so that's every time you change the rule book, is, 
Is that the first number or the second number? That's the first number. So, like, we're on, like, Trials is actually, like, Battlecom 3.0. Where, like, actually, I guess it would be Battlecom 4.0 because Fate would be 3.0 and Dev would be 2.0 because we changed the the base rulebook a little bit in each one of those games. Um, you know, with War um, was the first the first release. Obviously, it was 1.0. Dev, we introduced um, the uh, new special action, uh, new board yeah, the state. new special action, and the new starting positions, um, which would be 2.0. Then Fate introduced a force gauge, would be 3.0, and then Trials introduced like updated that force gauge, and um, also introduced some uh, some other like like small technical fixes and stuff but um made it made it 4.0 yeah so each of our public facing releases gets a major version number ah okay okay and then the second number is um every time you did rule book changes internally without like publishing it yeah that's correct i see okay so here's an interesting question that uh some listeners might want to ask you in regard to this right like what do you call this? What usually prompts you to change a huge part of the rulebook? I know the answer is, oh, because in testing it didn't work out. But like, w- what really constitutes that kind of change to be like really, really, really major? Because it could be just something like, you know, oh, instead of three tokens, it's four. Does that count as a major change to the rulebook or not? No, no, that would be a major change. A major change would be if you added or removed a mechanic or changed the way that a mechanic functions in a big way. So if you have to, if you have to, you know, oh gosh, it's hard to say, like, if you have to write a page or something, but if you have to open up a new heading in your rulebook or take out a heading, then it probably constitutes a minor version change. Would it be like, um, would it be safe to say that, like, a major change would be you have to re-explain the rules to a player who's already yeah. played it before? Yeah, I would think so. Okay, I see. So here's... Here's another question. How many versions does it usually take you? So we talked about this earlier, right? In the previous episode, we talked about core design concepts and the core design document and how much that will save you a lot of time. Um, And this versioning you've done actually helps with that core concept uh, thing we were talking about earlier because the core concept makes sure that you go through the least amount of versions as possible and the versions make sure that every time you do make a change, you remember uh, why you made that change or you remember at least what the previous versions of your board game looked like. So, yeah. um, yeah. And I have to confess that like, when I say I'm on, I'm on Seven Cross like V35, it's because I didn't implement a lot of these procedures. A lot of the big ideas of development that we're putting into place now were developed because uh, we had such a rough time on Seven Cross um, because of a lot of the problems that I'm talking about. So um, in some sense, it's like, you know, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> but these, um, these, are, these are plans that we're putting into place for our developments beyond Seventh Cross. Mm-hmm. I'm really so. interested in, in the development of Seventh Cross. Like, it's, it's been years in the making at this point, right? Year, year and a half, year and a half. Oh, yeah. that's more than a year. Years. I started in like September 26, or September... Yeah, I think it was September 2016 that I really seriously sat down and started working on this. And I didn't even know what it was I wanted to make. Um, just I kind of had an idea for the theme. And I think that's uh, one of the big problems with the game or with the game's development is now I know kind of what it's going to be and I'm happy with what it's going to be. But the time I spent finding that probably could have been abbreviated quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, so. 
Yeah, I think that's a that's a problem with a lot of uh, hobby designers like myself, right? I just mm-hmm. go like, hmm, I want to make MOBA board game, and then that's it. <laughs> like, like this, this. That that's that is the one you hear the most commonly is I want to make a MOBA board game. Uh, um, which is my and mistake. I, you know. <laughs> well, you know. Oh my gosh. Well, to be fair, my my board game is no longer a MOBA board game, so there. Ha. Um. So. Brad, tell me one thing. Mm-hmm. One last thing about this um, version topic that we were talking about before we move on to our next segment. I want to really ask you about those version numbers. Do you think um, you could tell us what the craziest thing was that caused you to change into a new version? So, like, what was the most heinous thing that's ever happened that made you change to a new version? I don't. I don't know if I have any, like any version control stories. Um, I definitely have like full restarts that I've done. Um, uh, so I don't know. It's hard to say. Like it's a lot of little things. And um, it's what we call like uh, like scope creep or scope drift where you start with one plan in mind, but then like as you develop, you kind of shift into a new, a new focus and that focus takes over um, and becomes your main focus. So I don't know that there have been any um, any responses that I've got that have been really, really major. When I decide to go forward to a new version, I feel I look at how satisfied I am with the game. And if after playing a game, I'm excited to explore more, play again. Um, if I don't feel that way, then there's not much that will save a version. Oh, so you just hard reset at that point? Oh, well, not hard reset, but... Like, uh, like for example, the current battle test of Seventh Cross that we had yesterday, we we played the game and it functioned and it worked fine. But we got to like phase two of a monster and we weren't really excited to go into phase two. And I said, well, this is a problem because if if the game is going to have like multi-phase monsters, as soon as I beat one, I need to be ready to play the next one. So the game needs to be built in such a way that it creates that feeling, you know, that um, you feel clever because you've solved the fight, you feel. Uh, energized because you've you know survived just by the skin of your teeth, but now the monster's redoubling their efforts, and they ask you to you know to put in like even more effort than you just barely survived by in the previous phase of the fight. Um, I think that kind of tension is really cool, and the game needs to be able to create that and needs to be able to feel like you're um, like you're building towards something. And our last version, uh, 35.2, didn't really have a big build. It was kind of like kind of like a lot of you know, like guys versus monsters type games where you come in with a certain a number of skills, you beat the monster, and then you get upgrades afterwards. Um, and what we felt, you know, we're all like, well, we really like Exceed and, and such, but we really didn't enjoy this. And it's like, what's the big difference? And I think the big difference was the progression of the characters. Like your characters don't feel like they're getting stronger or unlocking anything else. And I said, we have to have that aspects where characters are are getting stronger mid-fight or are tacking up mid-fight as well as getting you know whole new abilities after the fight huh. so anyway so that's what we what we're working on for 30 uh you know 35.3 is making making progression a part of the battle wait 35.3 i thought it would be a 36 oh i thought it would be because I'm, it's it's not a. It's not like I'm, I'm not taking out or adding anything really big. It's just you know, now your characters have a little a little way to progress. If it works, 
if it works, then it will go to it would go to something like thirty six, and and we'd freeze it there. But um, huh. I don't even know. The game is so big that that a small combat change doesn't really constitute a version change anymore. Oh, okay. I have to take out or add some kind of whole system for it to be like a brand new version. To be fair, like I I I think I get that right because. Like knowing the scope of this game, Seventh Cross's rulebook must be like a freaking novel at this point. No, the rulebook is actually not that long. S- sorry, the um, what's the what's the thing you call it? The other one? The the like the adventure guide, which is all the things you can encounter. That's getting pretty long. Oh, uh, is it a novel long? Mm, maybe uh, I can do a word count real quick. Uh oh. Let's see. Um, it's twenty nine thousand words right now. Ah, oh, jeez. Um, but that includes all my notes, too. Oh, but that's still a lot. Like, assuming you your notes take up, like, 40%. It's, it's really not. It's really not. Your average novel is 100,000 words. So uh-huh. I'm at, like, a third of novel length at this point. Okay, but you'll get there. I believe in you, Brad. So that pretty much does it for the pipeline where Brad <laughs> talks about development. <laughs> Um, if you guys want us to talk about a specific aspect of development or for our next episode, if you want us to talk about the specific character, please tell us in the comment section down below. We look at them and we will get them to them eventually. Uh, remember in the next episode, it will be like we will be recording it at some point. Uh, so get your comments in fast so that Brad can see them and prepare properly. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we, we need to know. Oh, and uh, it can be a character from any of our games. You know, it doesn't have to be BattleCon. It doesn't have to be an Indian's character. Um, but avoid exceed season one because. Well, those aren't our characters, so I can't give you lore on those guys. Exactly. Exactly. I have to just go to Jasco and say, "Hey, tell me about Red Horizon." <laughs> hey, um, hey, hey! Why is Vincent the president? Who voted for yeah. him? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll try and do some more lore in the next episode. Yeah, so look out for that. We listen to you, our dear fans. All right. Now let's move on to our 99 questions, where we ask 99 questions to Marco and Brad. Um, Brad, are you ready to answer these hot bait questions fresh off the press from my chat? Yeah, go for it. All right. Let's do it. Question number one. This is a question that I might modify a little bit after I ask it. If you were a BattleCon character, what would your UA and optimal playstyle be? So this would be interesting if I answered it for myself and you answered it for yourself. But what would make it more fun is, hey Brad, if I were a BattleCon character, what would my UA and optimal playstyle be? Okay. Um. So I think your um. Well, obviously Marco. Say Your it. character type Say would it. be... Say it. Tactician. Oh, dang. <laughs> no! <laughs> um, oh. Because you, you spread out media presence all over the internet. And uh, and then once someone falls into your media presence, it's too late. You've got them. Oh, my gosh. They are in my yep. web. Yep, yep. Oh my gosh! That okay. would be that would be that would be the uh, that'd be the catchphrase. Characters like you're in my web now, and he's talking about the world wide web. Of because, course. Uh, now yes. you're in his now you're or his social web, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then he traps you in a video and forces you to play card games for your soul. Yeah. Okay. Then I send them to the shadow realm. Okay. So that's, that's... <laughs> so. 
Anyway, anyway, yeah. so there you go, Marco. Subverted. Oh my gosh, subverted. Everyone probably is kind of disappointed. Okay, um, now you ask the question. <laughs> now you ask the question and I'll do it for you. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Marco, what, uh, what kind of Battlecon character in UA would I have? Huh. So I think you would actually strangely be a heavy. Uh-huh. Right? So you would be a heavy kind of character. And what you would do is, um, instead of actually playing Battlecon, you'd spend a majority of your time standing there and thinking about things. And then um, <laughs> you, you get whacked or something, and then you're like, no, no, no. And then you just version change the character you're fighting, right? So essentially, this character, the way he works is um, kind of like Rifflum, but in reverse, right? So you're standing there, you're a heavy, you don't deal a lot of damage for a heavy, but you have a lot of defense. And then when a character whacks you and, I don't know, breaks your stun guard or something, you're like, oh, this character's broken. Nerf! <laughs> you just nerf the character. I see, I see. Okay, that's kind of similar to my Pixel Tactics character. Yeah, 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 because your Pixel Tactics character can ban cards, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> you just name a card and your opponent like has to discard it from anywhere. Well, okay. See, 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 I got it. Um, and then obviously your name would be Brad Talon. Your unique ability would still be called the Ban Hammer. Or I would like to call this Balance Adjustments. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? Okay, right? okay. I have see? Balance Adjustment tokens and I place them onto my opponents to uh to balance to balance quote unquote their stats <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> heck yes oh and of course your unique base is called uh, daniel honig right <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> face the face the wrath of anderel yeah <laughs> okay all right there you go well, everyone yeah, make custom characters of these <laughs> oh no well, please please Please, please do it. All right, next question, Brad. Are you ready? All right, all right. Let's do it. What What's are the your questions? Oh my gosh! What are your most hated household chores and why? Conversely, what is your favorite one? Household chores, huh? Well, uh, I do a lot of chores around the house. Um, let's see. Vacuuming is my least favorite chore. Um, I can't stand vacuuming because I hate the noise the vacuum makes. Wait, don't uh, you have a Roomba? Roomba. Okay. Yeah, that's why I have a Roomba, so I never have to vacuum. <laughs> um, when we do have to vacuum, uh, my wife vacuums instead. Uh, oh, go Linda! Yeah, but uh, then I do I do the uh, the dishes and because I do most of the cooking, so I do most of the dishes. Um, okay. I know it's not supposed to work that way, but uh, not having to do vacuuming makes it all worth it. I mean, that's the kind of compromise you have to make when you enter into a union like um, a long lasting relationship. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. What about you, Marco? You, you, Wait, what's your favorite? Um, what's you your s- favorite? Oh, I just said uh, like dishwashing. Oh, you like dishwashing? I'm the yeah. reverse. I hate dishwashing. Oh, because um, but it's it's such a good feeling when like dirty pots like are suddenly clean and shiny. Oh no 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 no! I love that feeling, but um, I don't know. It's like I guess the way I stand, or at least I'm just not used to standing for such a long time while also exerting a lot of effort cleaning dishes. But I don't know. I it's like, you know, your hands get wet, and I like wearing long-sleeved shirts, and I like wearing rah, jackets. Rah, 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 rah. Sounds pretty weak sauce to me. Oh, my gosh, Brad. My back hurts, and oh. Oh, good. Get out. Get out. Hey, don't tease me, okay? Usually the maids do it. Yes, butlers, please. 
Okay, you have a favorite a favorite chore? Paying the butler. <laughs> my favorite chore is called work, Brad. No, um, my favorite chore has to be. Oh my gosh. It's sweeping the floor. How sad of an existence do I live? Yes, it's called... I like sweeping the floor. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Like the, you, you know the feeling you get when you like clean the dishes? I get that feeling when the floor gets clean. Or rather, oh, okay. I like the feeling when I see all the dirt that was distributed across the floor pile up into this pile that I just get to put into a dustpan and then throw away. And I'm like, yeah, that's satisfying. Oh, okay. Well, I guess it's, uh, it takes it takes a lot of people to put together a household. It's good when you when you have help that is got different different preferences than you. Yeah, definitely. You know, and that's why you get kids mm-hmm. to, to do the chores for you. Yes, it's not child labor, right? It's called allowance. <laughs> I, I think my uh, I think think my mom would disagree with that strategy. Oh my gosh, why? What did your mom do? <laughs> Well, uh, her kid. Let's just say her kids weren't very good at doing the chores. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Ooh. Okay. Last cool. question. So, so, what's our last question for this? Oh this my. Episode? Oh, this is. See, see, this is. You know, life finds a way, Brad. Even on this episode where we were like, ah, let's not do a character of the week. People are still asking us lore questions. So, our last question is: Are Voco zombies fast zombies or slow zombies? Well, I think that depends entirely on the uh, on the song. So, you know, they uh, you can you can you can play something fast and they'll run fast. You can play something slow and they'll shamble. I think it's all uh, it's all in the uh, it's all in the stroke of the guitar of um, brains. Yes, brains. Uh, I'm still mad about the, the fact the that the name of the guitar. Yes, I'm still mad about the fact that probably. Because the guitar's name is Brains, all the zombies will moan Brains every time they do something. Probably. Probably. Oh my gosh, you're telling me that's not canon? You have to make it canon. I haven't, I haven't canonized that yet. I, details like that, you can, uh, you can fill in for yourselves. Well, it's my head canon, okay, Brad? You can't change it. You, would you say it's your Brains canon? Hey, I guess that's like... That's... that's Oh, it means we have to end the episode now. We're sorry, everyone. <laughs> that was pretty bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. It's uh, Brad. Look, I understand like we're not at optimal, but really, oh. yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, next next week next week we'll be we'll be you know back and uh, fully rested and ready to do more lore and bonus segments. So look out for those. Look out for those. So as usual, it has been me, your host. Marco DeSantos, also known as Mechanic Critic, and with me has been my wonderful, amazing Brains uh, co-host, Brad Talton. And uh, we would like to thank all of you for listening to the Level Cap Podcast. Again, if you like this podcast, share it with a friend. Uh, Leave us a comment. If you don't like it, share it with an enemy. Oh, oh. Key marketing strategy. I see there. I see. I see. So, uh, whether you use us to amuse your friends or besmirch your enemies, we hope you enjoyed this episode and we hope to see you next week. Bye bye. Bye bye. Happy gaming. Don't forget your special action unless you're giving the podcast to your enemies and they'll forget their special action. Then you'll have an advantage, but once you use your special actions, I'll probably remember theirs. And then they'll be like, "Hey, I forgot my special action." And then they'll get their special action back. 
and they'll use it against you. So it's really, you know, just maybe the best thing to do is to start the game and then only remember halfway through if it actually benefits you to have your special action. But then if you don't, you just say, oh, I forgot. And not mention it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Do that. Or finish it and kill them. Yeah. All right. <laughs> what Bye. Was that? What was that in the end? <laughs> I was trying so hard not to laugh. What the Pro strats, yo. Know? <laughs>